Welcome to the Freedom Revival, folks. My name is Bruce Robertson, and I'm your host tonight and every night on the Freedom Revival. Uh, in this episode, we're going to discuss some interesting things with Christmas coming up and uh, the holidays going full blast. The supermarkets and and uh, shopping centers are full with cars. The roads are packed with people. Everybody's sort of preparing for the holidays, and it's a very festive season. Um, you know, this year is a very pivotal year because we're coming into an election year, and there are some crucial things ahead of us, and... Um, a lot of people are concerned. Some people are worried. Some people are downright frightened. So um, I'm here to sort of talk about all these things. And uh, I wanted to open up with a quote. I love Thomas Paine. He's one of our sort of founders. He was attached to our founding fathers. He didn't sign the Constitution or uh, write the Constitution per se, but he certainly uh, influenced and had the ear of many of our founding fathers. Uh, Thomas Paine published on December 19th, 1776, he published a pamphlet called The American Crisis. Now, I could probably rewrite An American Crisis. I don't know if I'd be as eloquent as Thomas Paine was, but... Uh, Here's what Thomas Paine wrote. He said, these are the times that try men's souls. The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of his country. But he that stands it now deserves the love and thanks of man and woman. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. You know, when these phrases appeared in the pages of the Pennsylvania Journal for the first time, George Washington's troops were encamped at McConkie's Ferry on the Delaware River, opposite Trenton, New Jersey. It's now called Washington's Crossing. In August... They had suffered humiliating defeats, and they had lost New York City to the British troops. They were pushed back into New Jersey on the Pennsylvania border on the Delaware River. Between September and December, 11,000 American volunteers gave up the fight and retreated and returned to their families. They just threw in the towel. George Washington could foresee the destiny of a rebellion without an army if the rest of his men returned home when their service contracts expired on December 31st of that year, 1776. He knew that without an upswing in morale and a significant victory, the American Revolution against tyranny would come to a swift and humiliating end. Thomas Paine was similarly astute. His pamphlet, Common Sense, was the clarion call that began the revolution. As Washington's troops 
retreated from New York through New Jersey, Thomas Paine again rose to the challenge of literary warfare. In his pamphlet, American Crisis, he delivered the words that would salvage the revolution. Washington commanded that these freshly print printed pamphlets be read aloud to his dispirited men. The rousing prose had its intended effect. Reciting Paine's impassioned words, the beleaguered troops mustered their remaining hopes for victory and crossed the icy Delaware River to defeat hungover Hessians on Christmas night. And on January 2nd, the British Army's best general, Cornwall, Earl Cornwallis, I'm sorry, Earl Cornwallis, at the Battle of Princeton, they beat him. And with victory in New Jersey, Washington won not only two battles, not only one battle, but two battles, because he also won the love and thanks of all men and women. What a great story. What a great Christmas story. And, you know, so it's sort of a dark December, right? We're thinking about it. Uh, it's a dark December. We, uh, we've got a lot to be thankful for, but yeah, we've got a lot to be concerned with. Um, I'm going to go down some of the news items, and you can see which things uh, I'm talking about and what, what we, I think we should be concerned with. Uh, number one, House Republicans finally vote to open an impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden after hemming and hawing for probably about a month. Uh, Hunter Biden defied a lawsuit, uh, a subpoena, a lawful subpoena today, and Republicans will now initiate contempt of Congress proceedings. Let's see how far that goes. You know, he's been in, he's been indicted with nine, um, crimes recently. And, uh, before that he was subpoenaed to come and testify in a closed session before the um, the House, and uh, now it seems like they're going to try and use the nine uh, crimes he's been indicted with to sort of slough off the testifying before Congress under oath. Let's see what happens. These guys have plenty of moves. They're really slimy and sneaky and squirmy, so we're going to see what they wiggle out of this time or what they're, what they're going to be forced into. Um, Democrat Representative Eric Swalwell, as a member of the Judiciary Committee, which subpoenaed Hunter Biden, aided and abetted a crime this morning when he worked with Hunter's lawyer, Abby Lowell, to help Hunter disregard the subpoena in contempt of Congress. People are saying that, uh, that Swalwell aided and abetted a crime, helping Hunter wiggle out of that subpoena. Meanwhile, he stood on the Capitol steps, not under oath, and uh, figured he'd take some steam out of the, uh, out of the, uh, the whole uh, affair by making his own little speech where he said his father was not directly financially involved, and he didn't sit on the board of Burisma or other things. Well, um, what, he, what he didn't say is more important. Of course, we all know Joe Biden did not sit on the board of Burisma. 
But we know that Joe Biden was involved. We know that Hunter said 10% goes to the big guy. We know that there was money that transferred back and forth between various family accounts. And we know that they didn't pay taxes on the money that they received. And we still don't know what goods or services were the Biden family selling to receive that money. I think we all have a pretty good idea what goods or services they were selling. They were selling favors at the expense of the United States of America. And I think that's treason. And we need to continue to look into this and we need to keep the pressure on. So call your congressmen, call your senators, write letters, send them emails and say, listen, let's get on this. This is treason. Pfizer stock hit a new low for the year today, and it's already down 48% from its recent highs. The stock is $26 a share after being as high as 59 recently. People aren't taking the clot shot anymore, and I think it's beginning to show in the, sh- in the stock price. You know, these guys, their, their next round of uh, profitable drugs, they have a lot of products, okay? Don't get me wrong. But their next round of profitable drugs are drugs that address the problem of myocarditis, which is caused by the vaccines that they created. So, you know, that was their second move was myocarditis. But if people aren't taking the vaccines, there's less myocarditis. So then the second drug doesn't sell. You see how that works? After being accused, this is so weird. After being accused of selling children online. Yes, I'll say it again. After being accused of selling children online. Etsy, the online store, lays off 11% of their employees. I'm just going to leave that right there. I don't know what to do with that one. The Supreme Court says that it's going to hear appeals that could upend hundreds of charges stemming from the Capitol riot, including charges against President Donald Trump. I mean, there are some appeals that may even reverse uh, some of Donald Trump's charges because uh, these are appeals uh, saying that, you know, these people didn't instigate an insurrection. They were infiltrated by the FBI. The FBI had busloads of agents provocateur that they dressed up like Trump supporters and flooded the uh, the Capitol protest with. Uh, they had Capitol Police. In some cases, I think Capitol Police got stuck in the middle, but Capitol Police just kind of at some point just opened the doors and opened the gates and, and escorted these people through. I mean... There was no insurrection. The people that were the most violent, uh, it seems, are the people that were the most federally employed, the feds. So we got to see about these appeals that the Supreme Court is going to heal here, and uh, we'll see what it, what effect it has in the charges against President Donald Trump in this kangaroo court. Pope Francis has revealed that he has prepared his own tomb and he wants to break with tradition and not be buried in the Vatican. 
What's that all about? Dig into that. Take a look at that. The Philippines has banned Smartmatic voting machines, which oversee multiple state elections in the United States. You know, Smartmatic and, uh, uh, you know, the Smartmatic machines um, are uh, are the voting machines that, that many of our uh, cities and states and, and um, counties have used for voting. And now the Smartmatic voting machines are being being banned in certain areas. Certain countries are saying no; they they can be tampered with, and we don't like it. And we want to have fair elections. So the Philippines has now banned Smartmatic. We'll see how that develops and how many more, uh, you know, we, we're going to see uh, ban these machines. Citizens of the United Kingdom have now been urged to stock up on candles and battery radios in case of a power meltdown. Now, this is a really interesting story because, and this was reported by RT News and a few others. Um, RT said that the uh, the UK is at risk of catastrophic, actually, this is a quote from the, 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 the uh, British government, they're at a risk of catastrophic cyber attack at any moment. The report says that British systems are in danger due to a chronic lack of investment, according to a government study. It's becoming pretty clear, and we're starting to hear it here, too. I mean, they're starting to drumbeat about cyber attacks, and I'll tell you why I think that is. Uh, it's becoming pretty clear that cyber attacks on critical systems and infrastructure is the new pandemic. okay? Uh all the messaging from government, the mainstream media, infrastructure, infrastructure management teams, um, these officials that control the infrastructure, and entertainment is setting up this scenario daily. Barack and Michelle Obama even acted as executive producers on a new movie called, I think it's called Leave the World Behind. And um, and it's it's a horror movie, basically a horror movie. Well, it's a, you know it's a executive produced by Barack and Michelle, so you can imagine what a horror that is. But but the point is that uh, that this is a movie that it's it's like a crisis movie uh, where there are you know there's no supernatural things going on. There's no like uh, outer space attacks or aliens or anything like that. It's all about cyber attacks and what happens if everything shuts down. It's almost as if they're teasing the idea in case they have to use it later. And, you know, if they run out of steam, if they can't, you know, if they can't bump Donald Trump out of the box, and it does, increasingly it looks like they can't, okay? And if COVID couldn't do the job, the way they wanted it to when they rolled it out. And if the vaccines couldn't tamp down the population, and if all the restrictions and the protocols couldn't tamp down the American spirit, what do they really have left? I think they have a couple of things left. They have war, maybe a civil war that they could gin up, and then they have cyber attacks. Now think about this. What would happen 
What would really happen if your internet, your electricity, your water, your lights, your air conditioning, your heating, your, you know, if you have an electric car, you charge your car. If you have an electric stove, you can't cook. Uh, your microwave, your refrigerator. What if all that stuff went down? Traffic lights. What if all that stuff went down? What if the supermarkets couldn't keep the food fresh? Where would you go? What would you do? So you can see the British um, government is urging people to stock up on candles and battery radios. You know, people used to think the preppers in our society were nuts. They used to say, oh, he just wants to go live in the woods someplace and you know, uh, catch it, you know, live off the land and uh, read by candlelight and little house on the prairie and all that kind of stuff. Well, let me tell you, it could happen. It could happen. And I don't think most Americans are prepared. Most governments aren't prepared for it. Do you think your local government has a contingency plan for what happens in the case of a cyber attack? You think somebody's going to come and help you? The cops aren't going to help you, folks. The National Guard may not be able to help you. I mean, you know, if the electricity goes off, the gas pumps don't work. Even the gasoline pumps won't work. So keep your lamps trimmed and burning. And uh, keep your gas tanks topped off. That's the best I can say. And, you know, it might be a good idea to put away a little bit of uh, survival food for a rainy day. I mean, it doesn't hurt. What's the worst thing that could happen? You won't need it? What's the best thing that could happen? You might need it. You know, you might need some tools. You might need some first aid stuff. You might need some candles, some lanterns, uh, camping equipment. If you're a camper, you know how to do all this stuff. If you're not a camper and you're living in an urban area, God help you. Uh, Put some things away. And it might not be a bad idea to stack up on some guns and ammunition, but you didn't hear it here. The uh, The Louisiana Supreme Court Justice Blyke, B-L-E-I-C-H, Blyke, invalidated the Louisiana election race that was won by a Democrat by one vote after the judge discovered fraudulent ballots. This could be a path that happens, a pathway that, that continues uh, across the country as uh, more of these elections keep coming up. I mean, it seems like they're popping up everywhere. It's almost like there's an awakening going on, isn't it? I mean, doesn't it seem like that? Attorney General Ken Paxton sues the U.S. State Department for conspiring to censor American media companies. Now, this is not the first thing um where the first time where uh where a politician or a legal person comes comes out against the American media companies we're also investigating in congress um how the biden administration tampered with american media companies and conspired to censor certain voices mostly conservative um you know they deplatformed guys like alex jones 
And even our president, uh, Donald Trump, imagine they deplatform a seated American president on the most popular spot, the most popular social media spot to, um, you know, that disseminates information. I mean, it's not about radio and television anymore. Don't you don't people understand? Twitter has more followers and viewers than any radio and television or all radio and television combined. So when you deplatform a president from the biggest media outlet globally, what are you trying to do? I don't care what he did. I don't care what he said. He has a right to speak. Kevin McCarthy is leaving Congress. Finally. We'll see where he pops up. He's probably going to get some... Uh, some uh, cushy uh, lobbying job someplace. I, I I bet we haven't seen the last of Kevin McCarthy. New Mexico sued Meta Platforms. Now, they keep changing their names, okay? This is Facebook, all right? Facebook is Meta Platforms. They changed their name to Meta Platforms. Uh, so New Mexico is suing them, Facebook, Meta, and its CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, alleging that the company's platforms enabled child sexual abuse material to be distributed and that they failed to identify the alleged predator networks. I think more of this is going to surface. It has been bubbling up everywhere. Uh, the media and uh, a lot of politicians, in fact, have been trying to suppress this information. And the whole Pizzagate thing has been popping up again. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still seeing posts about Pizzagate getting throttled on Meta and Facebook. Okay. So if you want to post a discussion about Pizzagate, Meta will, Meta will shut you down. They'll take down your post. They're going to warn you that they'll close down your account. Um, meanwhile, if you want to post something, you go over to Mark, you go over to uh, uh, Elon Musk's uh, X the formerly Twitter, and uh, and you can post anything you want, okay, as long as it's within reasonable guidelines. But, uh, you know, you, they're not going to censor you for your political views over there. Um, also on Telegram, I, uh, I both of those sites, I think, are, are, are worth looking into. Saudi Prince Talal bin Abdulaziz bin Bandar al-Saud has died. Now, I think he, if I'm not mistaken, he's the guy, Prince Bandar. They called him Prince Bandar. Um, uh, I think he's the guy that went to school with George W. Bush. George Bush Jr. I, I think they were very, very good friends. There hasn't much else about that, but uh, he's died. New Netflix movie. Here's what I was talking about before. It's called Leave the World Behind. It's produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. And it shows how a cyber attack causes a major blackout across the entire United States. Imagine the panic. Imagine the fear. Imagine the additional control that government could obtain 
by engineering a massive cyber attack. People wouldn't know what to do. They'd freak out. What are we doing to prevent against it? I don't think any of our local, state, and city governments are prepared for any kind of a massive cyber attack. You know, things are bad enough when we have a flood or a storm or a hurricane and stuff goes down temporarily, okay? People freak out even then, right? But imagine if it lasted, if everything just fried, all the radios, only, uh, in fact, gasoline cars that are run on electronics would fry out, okay? You know, you, you know if your car was built, you know, at, I don't know what the, the cutoff date is, but unless you have a really old car that is completely analog and has no digital equipment in it, you're stuck. If, if there's a, if there's a um, electromagnetic pulse attack, everything electric just gets fried. And you can't boot it back up again. That's it. It's done. It's garbage. Think about that. What would you do? Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey launched an investigation into George Soros. Um, uh, actually, George Soros owned Media Matters. So there, there's been some allegations, and I think they're probably true, that Media Matters was heavily involved in manipulating uh, the election and uh, the last election and the one before. So um, Media Matters uh, is David Brock. And here's the other thing. where This is where Pizzagate pops up again. David Brock was the boyfriend of James um, uh, Alifanti, who, uh, who was the owner, the proprietor of that cosmic ping pong pizza parlor in Washington, D.C., where allegedly they had all sorts of... Um, shall we say, illegal activities with young children going on there? I mean, that's what the stories keep on popping up are, and there was a massive effort to keep that quiet and keep a lid on it. And the media came out and said, oh, that's just a conspiracy theory. You know, it seems like every time the media says something is just a conspiracy theory, it turns out to be a real conspiracy. So stop it, media. Stop it. Representative Tim Burchett has requested the chairman on House GOP Oversight Committee, James Comer, to subpoena Jeffrey Epstein's flight logs. I mean, I think the public has a right to know. We know already what, uh, what Epstein was involved in. Uh, this is another situation where, you know, can anybody explain to me what business Mr. Epstein was in the business of? What services and goods was he selling and trading in? Um, you have some idea? Because nobody on Wall Street that I know can figure out how he made his money. Uh, you know, there was no, like, tremendous hedge fund that he ran or anything else. The guy never went to, he was a college dropout. He, he, all of a sudden he's teaching at the Dalton school as a college dropout. Um, and interestingly enough, Bill Barr's uh, father, 
I think was the headmaster of the Dalton School at the time. This is just everybody's too incestuously involved here. I mean, it's it's hard to untangle this. It like gives you a headache. But um, but anyway, they want to see Epstein's flight logs, and we want to see who traveled. I mean, we already know Bill Clinton, okay, was there like some twenty six times, something like that. Um, there were some people that were pretty cozy with Jeffrey Epstein and palled around with him even after he was convicted as a child sex offender. So, um, and by the way, here in Palm Beach, uh, the you know, the, Palm Beach didn't really prosecute him to the full extent of all the evidence that they had either. Um, and the police chief uh, here resigned be, uh, because he was disgusted with it. He was actually a pretty good guy. But, uh, but what happened is there were some like 40 or 50 girls that came forward and I think they only heard the testimonies. Finally, uh, they narrowed it down to just a couple of them. But there were many more that were affected. Underage, transporting across state lines, all kinds of big crimes. So what was he selling? What was his, what was his uh, product? That's what we want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. The Department of Defense is conducting military training operations at several sites in North Texas this week. The training is going to involve air and ground mobility across the Metroplex. So I guess that means Dallas, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We'll see um, what what happens there. I, I'm sure it'll freak out the people who live there, seeing all these Black Hawk helicopters. Um China's cyber army is invading critical U.S. services, including the Texas Power Grid, a water utility in Hawaii, and a West Coast port, and at least one oil and gas pipeline. So China's hacking into our stuff. Talk about cyber attacks. Vladimir Putin has declared that globalists, including Klaus Schwab and his close advisors, are legitimate military targets because they've been shamelessly attempting to seize power in a globalist coup d'etat. And that's from Vladimir Putin. No matter what you think about him, he calls him, he basically calls it the way he sees it. And listen, I would like to, um, I'd like to wrap this up real quick. We're going to go to a break. And after the break, we're going to come back with more of the Freedom Revival. So come back here and revive your freedom. This is Bruce Robertson. Thank you for listening. And listen to our sponsors. Stay right with us. Right World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. 
Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code out loud. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com Code out loud. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to the Freedom Revival, folks. I'm your host, Bruce Robertson. Thanks for listening to our sponsors during that uh, recent uh, uh, sponsor break there. And uh, I'd like to come back and talk a little bit. We just spoke about all the news items that were coming out. And, um, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the election real quick. I don't know who needs to hear this, uh, but, you know, this came from uh, this came from Brian Cates, uh, who was a former reporter for Epoch Times. And he, he's been pretty hard hitting on these issues. Um, it's already obvious this next election isn't going to go down like 2020 did. To pull off that last steal, they had to resort to extraordinary measures that fractured, exposed, and stressed their fraud machinery to the breaking point. And it still took them over three days to, quote-unquote, find all 40,000 votes across the six battleground states they needed to hand Biden the fake win. So this time, millions of people who voted for Biden the last time are not going to do that. 
millions of people who voted for Biden last time are fed up with Biden's shenanigans. They, there's a lot of voter remorse there. And millions of people who didn't vote for Trump fully intend to do so this time around, including a lot of members of the black community and Hispanic community and many, many others. Uh, I think the even the liberal Jewish community uh, who tends to vote Democrat are, are reconsidering based on what happened in the Middle East uh, recently and the allowance of uh, Palestinian uh, protesters uh, and some threatening to uh, Jewish Americans going on, even on our college campuses. Uh, This means that the margin of fraud that they have to manufacture to flip the election to Biden or Obama's stand-in, whoever it is, is going to be very likely about 15 to 20 times larger than it was in 2020. So how many people do you think they would be how many people do you think they would be successful at gaslighting this time around that Biden or his replacement got 99 million votes or whatever massive number it's going to take to uh, tip the apple cart and overcome Trump's Mount Everest sized lead? You know, they had to stress. <laughs> this is another thing. They had to stress their gaslighting machinery that last time to sell 81 million votes for the demented Dumb dumb that didn't campaign. The guy sat in his basement and they had to try and pitch that he got 81 million votes. That was a massive gaslighting campaign. And if you don't know what gaslighting is, do you do you not know what gaslighting is, folks? My producer is telling me she doesn't know what gaslighting is. I'm gonna tell you what gaslighting is. Hang on a second. Gaslighting, okay. Gaslighting is a colloquialism, loosely defined as making somebody question their own reality. The expression derived from the title of the 1944 film Gaslight and has became popular in the mid-2010s, okay? It's a trendy buzzword, all right? But basically, gaslighting means using propaganda to make people think that what they really believe is not a good is is not true. Okay, they make some question their own reality. Anyway, they've gaslighted the crap out of us here. So, so it's okay if you don't see how the ground has shifted massively and bigly in Trump's favor since 2020, which is why they had to resort to the absurd levels of lawfare in the last year to you know just attack from every. Um, you know, kangaroo court legal lawfare, you know, uh, uh, approach that they could. But anyway, that's why I'm here to explain this to you. They already knew this next election wouldn't go like the last one. They already know that now. Even if you don't yet. So a funny thing is happening in the throes of this great awakening, as uh, it's been called, that I believe that we're all in, where people are waking up and they're saying, hey, wait a minute, that wasn't true what they told us. Hey, wait, there's another thing that wasn't true that they told us. Oh, wait, the the COVID stuff wasn't true. Uh, Oh, wait, what they told us about masks wasn't true. Oh, wait, what they told us about social distancing wasn't true. Wait, them, what they told us about how many people were dying from COVID wasn't true. Oh, they suppressed the information. 
oh, they silenced people's voices. Oh, they censored people for talking about it and discussing what they felt was the truth. Um, wait a minute. What have they told us that was true, actually? Can anybody tell me anything that they told us was true? I've been expecting this awakening for a while. And it's here. It's here, folks. It's here. We used to spend a lot of time on the details. I used to spend a lot of time on the details digging. You know, uh, we looked at small stories that showed direction and gave hope. You know, we believed that we were on a path of truth, but we were anxious for proof that believing meant something. All right. Now we're down to something that's different. It's, it's, we're down to some very big overarching themes and we're paying less attention to the details. And here are the main themes, the COVID jab and the genocide that happened around the world related to COVID and the vaccines. I, I, I shouldn't really even call them vaccines. Do you know that they're not vaccines? The jab is not a vaccine. That's another lie. They told us this was a vaccine. You know that a vaccine, by strict definition, is something that has attenuated particles, maybe microparticles, maybe nanoparticles, attenuated, it has attenuated pathogen in it. So what I mean by attenuated, it's got little bits of the disease in it. So the polio vaccine has a little bit of polio in it. And the idea is that if you inject somebody with a little bit of the horse, uh, you know, the uh, the hair of the dog that bit them, let's say, uh, that the body will present an immune response and create immunity. That's the idea anyway. I'm not even sure that that works. But, but the point is that's the idea. You have to have, to have a vaccine, you have to have attenuated pathogen in it, okay? Do you think this vaccine that they call so-called vaccine has anything attenuated in it? It's a gene therapy. It's got it's an mRNA vaccine that, that opens up your DNA and tinkers around with the toolbox. And some say it alters your DNA, maybe forever. So um, you know, this is the, this is not a vaccine. This is a gene therapy, and it's an experimental one. And it looks like it went way haywire. And the more we dig into it, the more we see coming out, the more died suddenly stories we hear, the more sports figures who just drop dead on the field in soccer, in hockey, in football, in baseball, in basketball. We see these people just dropping dead on the field. Young people, some of them young, some of them in the, the, the most fit condition of their lives. And suddenly they just drop. And then we find out that they've been jabbed three or four times. And, um, you know, very, very recently uh, from the time that they dropped dead. And we're seeing stars drop down, too. We're seeing a lot of stars die. And it's very quiet. And it appears that they've been making up uh, obituaries for these people to suppress the information. I've heard that, too. So, uh, you know, I don't want to spread rumors, but that's the kind of stuff that I'm hearing. So, a funny thing is happening in the throes of the Great Awakening. I call it coalescence, and I've been expecting it for a while. 
you know, here's some of the main themes. The As I said, the COVID jab and the genocide. Trump beating the machine in court because he's up against the machine. He's up against the uniparty and the machine. And I think what's going to happen is he, he, so far, he's been beating them pretty soundly. I mean, they're getting their butts whooped, okay? And uh, so he's beating them. He's winning everywhere. It's tedious. It's costing him a lot of money. I don't know how he keeps his positive demeanor and his energy, but, you know, he'll go to court and he'll spend the whole day in court. Then he'll go do a rally and he just rallies the, the crowd and people go wild and he's totally rejuvenated. Um, God bless him. The other theme, the third theme, so we have the COVID jab and genocide, Trump beating the machine in court, child exploitation. All kinds of stuff is starting to bubble up about child exploitation, child trafficking. We've seen some things where we think child protective services are involved and, you know, and orphanages and, uh, you know, child CPS or whatever they call it now, they keep changing the names of these things so they can't be labeled, right? Uh, but let's call it child protective services. They, you know, there are incidences where they want to take the child away from, let's say, a single mom, be, you know, for some trumped up charges or somebody makes a phone call, an anonymous call, and CPS comes out. And they have to do an in-depth interview and they dig in and if they find anything, 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 they'll take the child away. And where does that child wind up? Well, sometimes they get exploited, I think. Sometimes they get uh, abused. And uh, that's got to stop. These, the, the, you know, the, the, the uh, inmates are running the asylum here. Uh, I had a situation where I have a good friend of mine who uh, is a single mom, and she had a child, and he, you know, he was supposed to be doing his homework, and she wasn't, he was in the kitchen, and she wasn't really, she was upstairs or something, and uh, he went, he, you know, he snuck out, and he went in the backyard, he wanted to get some sunshine and play, you know how, you know, six-year-old boys are, right, and he started talking to one of the neighbors over the back fence, and he walked into her yard and was talking to her, and they had a cordial conversation and and he went back home, you know, and went back in the house. Well, the neighbor, like a leftist dodo that she was, she called Child Protective Services on the young man. And pretty soon they're knocking on the door and they want they you know, they they come into the house. They don't have a search warrant. They they come into the house. They're they, they're demanding to interview the mother and the child and all this kind of stuff. And they got to go to a hearing and all this. I mean, please. You know what they wanted to do, right? They wanted to take this beautiful young boy away from his mother. Anyway, child exploitation. The Biden criminal syndicate. The Biden criminal criminal syndicate is a main theme. And we're seeing that bubble up too, all over the place. Every time they try and suppress it, it pops up somewhere else. People come out, whistleblowers, uh, you know, IRS whistleblowers, FBI whistleblowers, people suppressing information, uh, you know, investigators, attorney general's office, all this kind of stuff. I mean, we know that something fishy is going on there. We know we have a pretty good idea exactly what it is. And it's a whole laundry list of felonies and crimes. We just got to get it prosecuted. And then there's Ukraine and Israel, the two wars that were started under Joe Biden. The two wars that probably did not have to 
start. So now we have a defense secretary who's threatening that if we don't give more money to Israel, he's going to send our sons and daughters to war against Palestinian terrorists. No wonder they can't get people to sign up for the military anymore. Question is, what happens if they institute a draft? Then there's the looming threat of a technocracy. This is all tied in with the cyber terrorism and, um, you know, the the fact that uh, the technocrats are in bed with the uh, politicians in many ways. And they're, you know, they're they're colluding and they're controlling and all this kind of stuff. I mean, if it really, if it wasn't, I don't care what you think about Elon Musk and his and his electric cars and all that kind of stuff. I I personally don't believe in the ex- electric car revolution. I think they have a load of problems. They're uh, I have to tell you, they're really fun to drive. I've driven them, but it's not a primary driver. And uh, there's a lot of kinks that have to be worked out. And I just don't, you know, it takes a lot more energy to drive an electric car like, you know, oil and gas energy to produce and drive an electric car. So I'm not convinced that that's, that's not the way of the future. And, and if we have an electromagnetic pulse attack, uh, all the electric cars are going to be dead in the water. And if you get stuck in a snowstorm in traffic in the middle of Colorado, uh, there's only so long that that car can keep running and heating you before you freeze to death. So, you know, it just doesn't make sense in certain in certain uh, climates and and certain scenarios and whatever you think about Elon Musk, though, he has broken away from the technocracy. He and a few others uh, have broken away and they're standing up. You know, there was a guy named John McAfee uh, who tragically uh, was lost uh, some years ago. And uh, some say he died in a prison in Spain. Uh, but here's the thing. John McAfee was a a not a technocrat he was a billionaire who created the uh antivirus program and if you listen to some of his youtube videos or some of his uh rants on uh the former twitter you know mcafee was a brilliant guy mcafee was really really smart and really really on point and he knew what he was talking about and people thought he was a conspiracy theorist and a paranoid uh individual and, you know, uh, he may have been all those things, but you know what? He was right an awful lot of times, much like Alex Jones was right an awful lot of times. Um, we can't fault them for that. And uh, McAfee and I were sending back sending back and forth some messages at one point, uh, some time before he uh, died. And he when he was still sort of on the run. And uh, we were talking about things like biohacking and what supplements to take and he was the one that turned me on to NAC, which is a great thing, and I take it now. And it's a it's a precursor to glutathione. I don't want to go down a deep rabbit hole here, but it's really great for lung support. It's really great for COVID and some of these other respiratory illnesses. Uh, another item that is one of the main themes now are the BRICS and global realignment. Uh, so they're trying to go take you know take split away from the rest of the world and sort of start their own currency and their own uh, block of uh, thoughts. So we'll see how that goes. And then, of course, there's the idea of minority voters moving right. 
and not just minority voters, but liberals moving right, because uh, this country is not, you know, it's not meeting their needs politically and uh, economically. So that's something that's developing. And then we have the whole idea of illegal immigration into the West, not only here, but in Europe. It's a big issue. So it's a major theme. It's a global theme. And, uh, you know, people are just pouring in our southern borders and nobody knows who they are. And I've addressed this in, in prior shows, and I'll, I'm just going to keep on hitting on it. So to recap the list of main themes, we have COVID and uh, jab genocide, as I call it. We have uh, Trump beating the machine in court. We have child exploitation. We have the Biden criminal syndicate. We have Ukraine and Israel. We have the looming threat of a technocracy. We have the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and uh, and global realignment of the BRICS. Um, and then we have minority voters moving right. We have Western illegal immigration. So sure, there's a lot of there's still a lot of little stories in the gaps here. Okay, I'm not saying that that's the be all end all. There's a lot of little stories that pique our interest. But these subjects are getting more and more attention to the exclusion of others, and people are starting to wake up. You know, the truth is becoming so evident that it's very hard to miss, even for those trying desperately to look away. The deliberate destruction of truth and freedom in our nation is such an obvious dumpster fire at this point that it's hard to look away. Even for people that weren't awake before, they can't stop looking at it. Even for formerly liberal groups and liberal individuals, they can't deny it. They can't ignore it anymore. It's in their face now. And I think that's a good thing. I think people need to wake up and turn. And I have to admit, it's getting very hard not to seem repetitive on all this stuff, okay? I, I realize that, you know, sometimes you sound like a broken record, right? But the reality is, that there is honestly only so much to talk about. And most of it revolves around a pretty short list that I just reviewed with you. And it's important, and it's worth driving the message home, I think, and waking up as many people as possible. And, um, you know, look, a broken record is only annoying if the song doesn't touch your heart and the song has no meaning. So soon we're going to start to see how all of these things are tied together. They're all functions of a globalist criminal syndicate and the efforts of those who oppose it. All roads lead unmistakably to one organized group of creeps, and eventually the world will begin to understand who those creeps are. At least we can hope and pray that they will. And what will happen after that? Well, what did Trump say? Trump said retribution is coming. Now I'm going to take a slight diversion from my normal geopolitical and constitutional rants and talk for the next uh, five minutes or so about personal development. I think it's important to always be curious, always be reading, and always listening to diverse opinions and voices, and always be learning something new. So here's some uplifting advice on how to never stop learning and growing. Ecclesiastes 2.13 says, Wisdom excels folly as light excels darkness. 
The most important skill that you can acquire as a human being is learning to learn. In the book, Quality is Free, Philip B. Crosby writes, there's a theory of human behavior that says people subconsciously retard their own intellectual growth. They come to rely on cliches and habits once they reach the age of personal comfort with the world. They stop learning and their mind runs on idle for the rest of their days. They may progress organizationally, they may be ambitious and eager and may succeed in their careers, and they may even work nine day, but they don't learn anymore. The Bible says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature. That's Luke 2.52. He didn't just grow physically. He grew spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. And I think that's a great example for us all to follow. Well, we're out of time, folks. And uh, I thank you for listening. I love my audience. And uh, I'm very happy to have you here with me. And I look forward to you joining us again here on the Freedom Revival. I'm Bruce Robertson, your host. And remember, as I always say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Thanks for listening to the Freedom Revival.